Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Joe and Joe Weather Show on the 28th of December, 2021, brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. Our telephone number there is 631-756-1125 for the best prices in town for anything and everything you need to make sure that your home is cleaned up nice and safe for this coming winter, because it kind of sort of hasn't arrived yet. Uh, so uh, head over there, folks, to Omni, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, and uh, the website is omnitruevalue.com. <clears throat> so two out of the three people that are on this show tonight are uh, recovering in sick bay. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's had surgery in the last uh, month and a half? Raise your hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's who's who? <laughs> I had a I had a long list of things, Joe. You weren't in, you weren't you weren't part of any of them. I was gonna I was gonna tell you to quarantine for a little while, <laughs> but no matter. <laughs> I'm happy that none of this, you know, can be transmitted through the uh, through the airwaves or through the airwaves uh, and on social media. But it's nice to see Mr. Goodman here as we close out, as we're heading to the closing out of 2021. And maybe some of our viewers will on the chat board uh, have any thoughts to throw at him like, Bill, what the heck is winter doing to us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what inspired me to come on. Joe and I had been talking back and forth, just texting each other. I said, I said, it's time to time to show my face here and say hello and uh, and uh, and muddy, muddle the waters even more if I can. Well, <clears throat> why don't we start muddying mud, mud, muddying them? And uh, <laughs> the folks on on the board, good evening, everybody, uh, and welcome. As we kind of sort of slush our way. I can't, I, I can't even pick the right adjective, uh, swim our way toward uh, and, and through New Year's. So if you do have any questions, keep them civil uh, and put them on the chat board. And uh, I will try to get to uh, get them to Bill, get as many of them as possible to uh, Mr. Goodman, um, uh, Mr. Goodman. So, William, um, let's begin is you've been, you know, you've been, you tell me you were doing a few things, uh, looking down the road, uh, a couple of, uh, you know, some of the technicals, uh, for the month of January. So let's, let's, I was thinking, let's start with the maddening Julian oscillation. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, not one of my personal, uh, favorites, but, uh, you were looking at it and opining, uh, regarding what it may mean down the road. And by the way, you have the uh, sharing capability. If you want to put some maps up, you can. All right. I will try to do that. Uh, hopefully I get it right. If you can't, Let me don't. find my Joe and Joe folder here. If you can't, don't worry about I... it. All right. Uh, okay. Let me see what I can find here as far as the... Uh, uh, this is going to be fairly quick. Uh, I, you know, I, sometimes I feel like when I'm, when I'm, when I don't see anything in the, in the, in the, uh, the big picture that, that excites me, it's like, it got to go for a desperation move and look at the, what the MJO says down the road. And that's sort of, uh, 
that's sort of where I'm at with, with this right now. Now let me try to, I'm going to share the screen and let's see if I can, uh, let's see if I can pull this up. Um, okay. This is going to be, uh, um, I, as I was kind of just stumbling along, looking at the, the CPC website, Climate Prediction Center, I'd come across some, some graphics that, uh, <clears throat> that show uh, basically what the, uh, I guess, some lag temperature forecast based on the current MJO phase that we're in, what you might expect as you go, as you go down the road. Right. And uh, that's, so that's one thing I was looking at. And I'm going to pull this, uh, I'll share the screen, I'll pull this one graphic up. Uh, let's see, where are we now? Okay, we're almost there. Okay. There you go. All right, hopefully everyone can see this. This is um, <clears throat> graphic of uh, the MJO, for those who don't know, is uh, just basically uh, a measure of uh, convection, uh, these cycles of convection that go on in the Indian Ocean. And then the, uh, I guess the disturb, you know, what happens with those disturbances as they propagate, uh, as they propagate eastward through the Pacific Ocean and across the Atlantic, uh, I think it's like a on typically what a forty something day cycle, right? Uh, not mistaken. Uh, this is this is not my wheelhouse. Uh, like Judah Cohen will admit, uh, we're we're you know not our area of expertise. So I'm doing the best I can with it. But anyway, right now we are in uh, what's called phase seven of the MJO, uh, and uh, I, I guess some you know some research has been done to correlate the different MJO phases with with what happens with temperatures and precip over the United States as we go down the road. Uh, okay, phase seven is typically, for us, is typically mild. And I think we've seen that on and off. I mean, we're well, well into the 40s. I think some places in the 50s, uh, at least a couple of days ago in, in New Jersey. I don't I don't think we're allowed to get to 50 here on the island anymore with the, with the ocean influence. But uh, anyway, th this particular graphic uh, shows, uh, I guess, uh, what happened, you know, what typically happens in the future after uh, we're in phase seven. And as we go along, I'm not sure what the time frame of these lags are, but if you look- well, uh, Bill, Bill which, which, which graphic? Why don't you double click on- All the, right, I'm starting on the top left. Can you, can, can you see me? Uh, am I- Yeah, I, I see Euro yeah. weeklies. I see uh, Euro weeklies uh, average NAO, Euro, Euro weeklies average EPO. Okay, now you widen the screen. Um, okay, uh, here we go. All right, can you see that? That should take up the whole screen. I do. So you're looking at that. What are you using the WHMJO7 uh, uh, graphic there? Yeah, yeah. The one, uh, this is a forecast of, uh, I guess, the. Uh, well, double click, double the, click on that and open it up because we're just seeing the file actually. So. All right, I did. Here, let me see what a. Let me try that again. When I do that, uh, you know what? It's opening up in my photos app, but it's not showing on the screen there. No. All right. Let me try this again. Okay. No worries. Technology, Joe. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Share screen. Okay. Here we go. Uh, can you see it now? Now we see it. Yes. There they're beautiful. Lots of blues and whites and yellows and you know, all sorts of fabulous colors that are out of fashion right now. That's just, you know, totally, it's totally fabulous. Yes, yes. Well, I think the thing to look at is, uh, it, I guess, as, as we go down the road, this is this is suggesting as we move out of the, the phase seven of, of, the, M, of the MJO, that uh, 
you go top to bottom on the left and then down toward the right, suggesting that uh, we're probably going to get colder as, as, as we go along with time. And uh, that actually corresponds. Usually the, uh, you know, the MJL, it moves through its different cycles. I think the next one is the next phase is phase eight. Then it, it's like eight different phases. And I think uh, phases eight through two are typically colder than average for the, uh, for the Eastern US. And that kind of goes along in line with what these maps are showing. Uh, I don't know what the lag, I don't know what the lag period is, but uh, I'm going to think it's probably, you know, probably at least the next 20 to 30 days. So uh, definitely um, at least maybe not so much in the near term, but as, as we get down the road, uh, suggests we're going to get colder at some point. So that's, uh, you know, at least that's half the equation for snow lovers is, is having the temperatures in the right place. So that, that's, uh, that, that may be a good sign. Um, <clears throat> let me, let me add in my usual cynical way that um, what was it? Uh, 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 Colonel Potter would, what was, what would he say, Joe Rayo? Horse hockey. Yeah. Right. Horse hockey. Okay. Exactly. Because uh, I'm, I'm getting the sense here. Uh, I, I'm getting the sense here that, um, if you think back, I'm trying to remember whether it was two years ago or three years ago, there was one year where all of the, uh, you know, I think the MJO went into phase eight, one and two and during the month of February, the uh, polar vortex <laughs> split and, and, and on and on and on. And none of it coupled. None of it coupled. Uh, the MJO didn't couple uh, across the uh, across the Pacific. Uh, uh, the uh, polar vortex split didn't couple down to the lower atmosphere. So I, I'm look. I, I, I I've been thinking over the last couple of weeks when I was you know doing my you know what I thought was my analysis for the long range, and I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. Um, but uh, when I was looking at everything, I thought you know what this 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 uh, this has just a feeling to me. That 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 it doesn't want to couple the, uh, across the Pacific. Uh, the 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 Pacific Ridge is is monstrous. That ridge up along 160. Uh, it uh, the 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 models like uh, have been, have been trying to get rid of it on every single run, <clears throat> and on the subsequent run, it comes. It's right. It, it's right back there. So I, I'm I'm just wondering that all of this is maybe all fine and dandy, but. I'm, I, I just don't know where any of this stuff is coupling. Uh, that is a good question. That is that is a, that's a very good question. Uh, that that's why that's why I got on here and said I was going to share my thoughts and uh, and and not take full not take full blame for them because I don't have a good feel for where this is going to go either. Just sort of presenting some things that uh, some possibilities. I, I think the other one um, you you talked about. Uh, you know what could happen with the polar vortex. I guess that maybe we maybe see another situation like you were talking about, where we uh, we're, we're on the verge of a, of a big stratospheric warming event taking place across the uh, looks like the North Atlantic uh, the next week or so. And usually we got to we have to wait about three or four weeks down the road before we see any effects from that. And uh, you know when I look at when I look long range, it does it looks like it's going to displace the polar vortex. But I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's going to displace it in in, in the right uh, the right place. It's going to work out for us. I just I just don't have a good feel. 
seems like for the next couple of weeks, high pressure, ridges of high pressure are going to be predominant. And whatever trough or shortwave uh, tries to invade our part of the country and tries to pull down colder air, these troughs seem to shear off very quickly to the north mm -hmm. and allow for another ridge to build in. So it appears that over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see, we may see a couple of shots of chilly air, but it's not going to last very long because the uh, ridges of high pressure are going to be fighting these uh, systems off, pushing them off to our north and keeping us in relatively mild conditions for this time of the year. Again, right on through at least the middle part of January. It, uh, there are no signs, at least from what I could see, that we're going to see any protracted or any prolonged period of cold weather, nothing dropping down out of Canada. And that's the other problem is to tr just try to get Canada to get cold for a long length of time. We've seen from the get-go, from November onward, that Canada seems to be more often than not devoid of any really legitimate frigid or cold air. It's hard to believe. Well, if I can show a couple of graphics um, in that direction, now let me see if I can share the screen again. All right. Uh, okay, let's see what we can do here. Uh, okay, it looks like in about a week, it looks like it's going to get extremely cold in Western Canada. Uh, can can we see this graphic? And uh, no, yeah, you got a, the same problem as before. You got to widen out and double click on it. However, uh, okay. However, you resolved the, the issue before. All right, there let's you try go. that again. How about that? Oh, now I can see the whole, you know, your your entire uh, uh, users folder is there. <laughs> try to mm -hmm. try double clicking on the map. All right, that I did. All right, well, um, <clears throat> the last time you had to go out and come back in to get that map on the screen. Yeah, it looks like that. Okay, how about now? And now we have it again. Another fabulous map with lots of reds now and even dark reds and browns and, you know, Kelly green uh, and, and, <laughs> and purple. Okay, go ahead. Well, this sort of goes, I mean, it looks pretty mild in the eastern U.S., uh, at least going uh, down, down the road, but it, at the same time, it looks like, uh, and uh, a lot of the model guidance is showing this uh, pretty uh, pretty good build of cold air in Western Canada. Uh, but as, as Joe was saying, it looks like that the core of that is probably not going to get here. Um, looks like it. Uh, whoop, okay. Let me share again. Uh, I will say, Bill, that the Climate Prediction Center is red flagging uh, the Northern Plains states to have uh, exceptionally cold weather. Uh, as we move into the uh, first week of January. Um, and that seems to be pointing toward what you're talking about and what you just showed, that Western Canada and the Plain States uh, are apparently in line to get the frigidly cold weather. But here in the east, again, that cold air is running into you know ridges of high pressure, and so it is being forced to shear off or shear away to our north. And so we never, ever really get any of that really cold air, at least... Uh, through the first uh, uh, week or 10 days, maybe even the first couple of weeks of January. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. It looks like it's all pretty much headed uh, toward Eastern Canada. And I mean, we'll get colder, but not, not, we, we shouldn't see, we shouldn't see frigid weather. That looks like it looks like it's going to be reserved for the, for the plains in Eastern Canada. 
as whatever cold air builds up there uh, spills eastward. I'm trying to get Joe? some. I'm trying to get some graphics up here that, uh, with regards to the uh, negative PNA, so um, that Timothy Veltman has sent, and I'm having a. I'm I'm just having a really tough time bringing them up to make them big enough. So I'll put them on the screen, and you know, Bill, maybe you can comment on this. So uh, these are the winters where. Uh, <laughs> Let me uh, let me make sure I got my facts straight here. So uh, these are the top ten winters with regards to the negative PNA. Okay, and we're looking at uh, yeah. See, I got a chart here. This is December first to eighteenth. PNA 1948 to 2021. Uh, 19, these are the top 10 negative PNA years, okay? Uh, 1971 uh, is number one. Number two is 2021, okay? Uh, this is for, this is just for the first 18 days of December. Uh, the next one is 1972, 1948. 1961, 2012, 2001, 2016, 1956, <clears throat> 43.8 inches between the most and least snowiest winter in Central Park. For Albany, it was 45.1. In Central Park, the least snowiest winter was 27 inches below average. And for Albany, it was 15 below average. Uh, in New York City, the snowiest winter was 16.8 above average. And for Albany, it was 30.1 above average. Two years of the nine would be considered well below average snowfall, one, one uh, below average, four slightly below average, one slightly above average, and only one well above average. Uh, and in Albany, it was two well below average, one, uh, one, well, one below average, three slightly uh, <clears throat> above average, two above average and one well above average. So after averaging all the nine years, uh, the average in Central Park was 7.4 degrees below the season, uh, 7.4 inches below the seasonal average. So I guess that one year where it was a, a, a lot above kind of skewed the numbers up a little bit. And for Albany, it wound up being three inches above the seasonal average. So uh, possibly in severely negative PNA winters, for New York City and coastal I-95, it would favor a below to slightly below average winter, and for Albany and inland areas, would favor an average to slightly above average winter. So I, I that kind of make I mean that's that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it does here too. You know what what what's your take on that? You know, uh, with respect to the negative PNA, and this is something I you know has kind of crossed my mind. I I, I always go back to that. That the, the the winter we had the four nor'easters in the month of March, and I remember looking at teleconnections in in that uh, in that stretch on on a 
just constantly looking at them every day to see what the forecasts were. And does a negative PNA in the month of March mean the same thing as a negative PNA in the month of, of month of December in terms of what the outcome is in the East? Because um, in that particular year, now I, I think the exception that year was the fact that the NAO, the EPO, the the PNA, and the and the AO were all in off the wall, you know, extreme, you know, four standard deviations or more negative to the mean. And it was my view at the time, and it's still my view today, is that when you have teleconnections stretched, when all of them are stretched to their, you know, to the far ends of where they should be. Uh, all bets are off in terms of what can happen. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, at least as far as the PNA, it looks like it only go only in the European control run. Uh, I guess from the last uh, last set of weeklies, do I see it going positive? Maybe just for a little while in mid January. Otherwise, forget it. I don't see the the uh, you know both the GFS and the European ensembles. Other than that, are just negative right through uh gee for for quite a while maybe in maybe even in, a, in early february well you know what what's maddening is to me is uh well two things one is every day you know i pull up the the uh the teleconnections every day and 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 look at them and i happened to pull up the nao this morning and all of a sudden out of nowhere the NAO, which has been pretty much staying negative all of this week and, you know, maybe kind of trending up to positive uh, early next week. All of a sudden on today's um, on today's runs, uh, the NAO is neutral and actually goes sharply positive right around New Year's Day. I mean, where did that come from? All of a sudden, I mean, I really it's like. Today's the today's the twenty seventh, the twenty eighth of December. Uh, what I, you know? What happened? And, and this happened a few weeks ago when I jokingly said, uh, with regards to the NAO, which the the uh, the teleconnections were showing it to be negative as far as the eye could see, saying that you know, bringing up the idea that we'll we'll we'll, we'll bring this up tomorrow and and it'll it will have flipped and everything would be positive. And I said it as a joke, and lo and behold, the next day. It, it it it's it's flipped and everything was positive. I mean, why is the NAO? Why do you think the NAO of all three of the uh, teleconnections is 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 as volatile as it is? That is a good question. I don't think it's I don't think it's the only one either. I think a couple other. I think even the EPO is uh, was uh, was kind of kind of volatile. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, there's no consistency. I look run to run on the ensembles and the weeklies and. And I know I'm going to see something different each time that I go. I don't really have – I don't have a good answer for it. And meanwhile, by the way, <clears throat> the uh, PNA, which is I, I now have up <clears> – <throat> should be up there on the screen, uh, is uh, two standard deviations negative. Uh, it stays two standard mm -hmm. deviations negative. All the members are negative. And you know, only toward the end of the forecast period, which probably takes us now into the middle part of January, uh, you start to see a scattering where half of them don't go positive and half of them go negative. This is, you know, my own view. My 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 view, my view from from two from a couple of weeks ago remains the same. You're you're going to be hard pressed to make to have any kind of. Uh, 
large scale changes in the in the pattern across North America over the next two three two to three weeks. Uh, the the uh, the best you can the best you're going to be able to do is maybe spread out cold air over southern Canada and along the northern tier. Maybe some of that cold air gets into the northeast. But even even so, there's nothing to keep it there. And, you know, the, 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 the first weather system that breaks through the western trough, if it comes in and times out with some of the cold air like it did the other day, you get a cheap thrill. OK, uh, if it uh, doesn't uh, if, once the cold air is gone, you get rain like you wound up on Saturday on Christmas Day uh, with, uh, with, with with the follow up system. I don't think I, I don't think you're going to see much change here uh, going forward uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. I, I just don't see it. You know, dare I say that, uh, you know, we're looking at all different patterns, the AO, the, the PNA, uh, this and that. El Nino, La Nina, trying to determine or trying to find some kind of a, uh, a, a, a trend as to what is going to happen. But then don't forget that two years ago, when we had that pattern where the AO was what, Joe, like two or four deviations above normal? Oh, I think it was, I, I think it was like plus, plus six. Something like that. And, and it didn't follow along the lines of either an El Nino or a La Nina. This was like totally totally in its own own way of of, 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 of of the atmosphere transpiring. I mean, what I'm saying is, is that maybe we're putting too much emphasis on looking for teleconnections and looking for trends of ENSO and the PNA and the, and the AO and NA. Maybe there's, maybe we should just sit back, relax, and just take it as it is or try to, because it doesn't seem like it's getting us anywhere trying to anticipate where these models are going or what the overall patterns are going to be doing in in the next uh, few days, much less the next few weeks. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, through mid-January, I would have to agree. We're going to have to wait and see if any of those other things that I mentioned earlier, if they even come to pass. Uh, I guess Joe is trying to say, well, I haven't seen them come to pass in years past, so why, why, uh, why think they're going to do it now? The trend is your friend. The trend is always your friend. The trend is we your friend. Had the trend is your friend until it's not your friend anymore. Yeah. You know, we we really haven't had a clear cut case. We really have not had a clear cut case in looking, for example, at the polar vortex. I say since uh, uh, that time, and I think it was in February of 2018, where we were able to anticipate uh, people had already thrown in the towel for the winter that year. And we were able to anticipate that, hey, we see that beginning to split. And hey, this looks like a pattern that is really looking much, much better as we get to the end of February and on into March. And sure enough, as Joe alluded to just a few minutes ago, that was the uh, winter of the four nor'easters of March. And yeah. it's, hard to it's hard to believe that so many people on our chat board, so many people on our show during January and February had pretty much given up on winter because it didn't seem like anything was happening and then all of a sudden the whole thing flipped and uh we we were in business in late february and early and in on to march so well, maybe you know maybe that's that that is uh, ahead of us but i haven't seen anything so clear cut as that pattern and now we're going on what three years yeah uh i i, I bring it i'm bringing up that the uh the the 10 millibar uh and this was a 
<clears throat> this is another mess. Uh, I'll, I'll, let, let, let me, uh, as, as uh, <laughs> Ollie would say to Stanley, <clears throat> let me make it a little smaller so we could see it on the screen and also see the dates. Um, so this is this is actually Thursday's uh, uh, Thursday, December thirtieth, uh, where you have what looks to me like you know I always like to play follow the flow. So uh, if you draw a line from the north coast of Siberia into Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest, that's where all your cold air is going. And in the meantime, uh, you've got this you know kind of mild. South-southwest flow in the eastern part of the United States. The vortex seems to be centered over Greenland. Now, there looks to me this weekend, you know, it, suddenly there's like this huge area of warming going on across Siberia. You see it there? Uh, uh, you see, you'll see it when I loop it there, Bill um, and, and Joe. You see that big, really big brown, reddish-brown area that spreads out across Siberia uh, and starts to come around. Now, is that, you know, are we looking at that as some sort of significant stratospheric warming event? Because that does seem to <laughs> at least nudge the vortex a little bit further to the east, where suddenly instead of having, you know, this south-southwest flow uh, in the northeast, uh, we're getting into more of a trough uh, with the polar vortex uh, towards the end of the forecast period, well, toward the uh, the latter part of the forecast period, because then toward the end, there seems to be another big warming event uh, that's coming around. You said to me, Bill, when we talked to the other day, that you, you saw that maybe there was a chance that we could see some stratospheric warming events in, 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 in the, uh, uh, in the, at, the in, at, at the 10 millibar level. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was one just about to uh, to to take shape over the North Atlantic, and then I guess extend back even in, at, into Siberia, as you mentioned. That's that should be uh, if you look at the GFS on the European, that should be happening any day now. Uh, I mean, I look longer range, and it's not. Uh, I mean, the models aren't really showing a split. They might show a displacement, but it doesn't. Even that doesn't. If I were to just go with that and take that as gospel, it doesn't look favorable for us. It looks like more of the same, like. Uh, the cold air going from Siberia into Western Canada, and and uh, and it just sideswipes us at best. Right. Uh, and and by the way, I still think uh, I, this weekend uh, with uh, this sort of I don't know if you want to call it a double low or you know a, a strong lead low with maybe a second lagging wave that's behind it. Uh, I I uh, I would just like to point uh, something out. And I will do this uh, greedily uh, on the screen. I'm not good at picking out my adjectives tonight. I'm 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 kind of tired. It's been a, a long day. So give me a, give me a moment here to pull up two graphics that I think are very interesting. Uh, Joe Rayo, you'll find this interesting. Uh, SPC SPC on Friday. This is in their day four outlook, has a 15% chance of severe weather across Arkansas, western Tennessee, and northwestern Mississippi. And on day five, SPC has a very large area of 15%, which translates to at least a slight risk of severe weather for southern Kentucky, Tennessee, northern Georgia, 
almost all of Alabama, almost all of Mississippi, uh, almost uh, most of northern, northern Louisiana and eastern Arkansas. So this is from the system that's going to be evolving and coming east of the weekend. And on to top it off, I would just also like to point out uh, that WPC on their day six outlook. So this is Sunday, excuse me, uh, has Sunday into Monday has a 10 to 30% chance of at least a quarter of an inch of liquid uh, equivalent of snow or sleet through the Southern Appalachians, just about touching me, okay? And then running Northeast. Now, WBC must be buying somewhat into the idea that the second wave on Sunday is gonna bring in some colder air and maybe change it over to snow uh, briefly away from the coast. Uh, maybe later Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. I'm not exactly, you know, 100% sure on the timing, but uh, they've got, you know, you just go just north and west of New York City, just north and west of Long Island, the northern half of New Jersey, all of PA, all of New York State, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. You get, you get the idea. Uh, all in this zone of 10 to 30% of at least two and a half inches of uh, liquid uh, equivalent of snow and sleet. So they may, they're looking at the weekend system thinking, there might be something to this idea that maybe some cold, the lagging wave and some cold air comes in uh, when the lagging wave goes by. I don't believe it, but that's me. <laughs> it's it's interesting now. They, they we've seen one one map that shows a swath of wintry weather, and another map that is showing you that down toward let's say uh, Tennessee and Kentucky and those areas. They have a chance, even at this early date. That was what did you say, day five. Day five of, uh, of of convection. So there must be, if they feel that way about it, they must feel that there's going to be some kind of a developing storm system which uh, is generating that convection and is also the benchmark of intens intensifying uh, to such a degree that you've got the uh, the threat of severe weather and thunderstorms uh, in one area and maybe uh, generating enough moisture to toss into that colder air mass to the north to produce uh, some wintry precipitation. So what is this? I still, do, I still don't believe it. I, I, I think the first wave goes by, you will get rain. I mean, we'll get whatever we get out of it. Uh, the second wave will wind up getting suppressed to the south and east. Most of the precip will be offshore. Um, you know, maybe the the, uh, the Southern Appalachians will get something because uh, I live here uh, at the moment. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have a uh, uh, an axe to uh, a personal axe to grind. I want to get an inch of snow before I want to get one inch of snow of accumulating snow on the ground before either one of you do. <laughs> well, we came close. We came close on Christmas Eve morning, Joe. I mean, as I said. My rough guesstimate for, for, for where I am on parts of my driveway was three quarters of an inch, although a lot of places probably had less than a half an inch. But that was a surprise on Christmas Eve morning. But it doesn't look like uh, from now through the end of the year, through the end of uh, through the uh, midnight on Friday, that we're not going to see very much of anything in terms of any kind of snow or wintry precipitation. Although I do uh, see that uh, the National Weather Service has a winter weather advisory, but that's for way north and west. 
up towards Sullivan County and those areas. Do people actually live up in Sullivan County? <laughs> they do, actually. I like Sullivan County. I've been up there. It's very pretty. We uh, did. My grandmother lived there for a while, but that was like just outside of Orange. It was uh, so that almost doesn't count as Sullivan. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Jason Schaefer pointing out, Joe, that your your three inch December rule is not going to be met. Right. Well, if it if that be the case, then that means that Central Park should have a below normal uh, winter in terms of snowfall. There's a, again. And I didn't just do three inches. I, I actually, so far the park has only received two, two tenths of an inch. And I've looked at all those cases where only two tenths of an inch or less has fallen at Central Park. And I think I mentioned, do I have the paper here? I mentioned on Sunday that, uh, yeah, there was uh, something like 23, 23 cases where that has happened. And um, like 20, like, like there's like a, 91% chance, 91% probability of below normal, uh, below normal uh, snowfall at Central Park. And uh, one of the outstanding exceptions to that rule was the winter of 2015, 2016, where in January of 2016, we had almost the whole winter in one sitting from like 27 inches of snow. So there's still, there's still some hope there's still some hope for all the snow lovers that you can get this odd, crazy, anomalous situation in what otherwise is a very poor scenario for uh, for snow and cold weather. But uh, they are very, very few and far between. Uh, Keith James II hitting the Super Chat uh, tip jar tonight and says, isn't this pattern to be expected with La Nina, why is this not mentioned much? I haven't. He has a he has a point there. I have not really seen a whole lot of talk um, recently, you know, with regards to you know I've seen a, you know pieces articles here, articles there with regards to La Nina, but it doesn't seem to be getting the front end play that uh, you know the El Nino has gotten or the La Ninas of the past have gotten, and. and uh, then I want to ask. I, I, I want to bring up this subject. Let me write it down because I I I almost forgot uh, get, forgot it in the process. Um, but anyway, the La Nina. If you if if you you would, uh, Bill, you're never to be humble. Opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think this. I think the pattern that we're in is is very typical. I can I can think of I can think of years past La Nina where the, the storm track was off to our west. We were on the warm side of a lot of cyclones, not much snow, and then all the cold air was in the plain states. This is, uh, yeah, it, it does it does fit a pattern I've seen in past years. Now, if this is not one of the most egocentric things I have, I've heard in a long, long time, <laughs> uh, and also let's call it East Coast-centric, uh, but uh, Timothy Veltman, I think, uh, pointed this out to me, and I just I just got such a chuckle out of it. Uh, they, there's a, there, there was actually, you know, it's just, it's just chat room crap on, on, uh, on rage books. So it really it doesn't have that much meaning to it, but people were actually discussing the idea of officially moving back the start of winter to Martin Luther King's birthday, and then moving the end of winter to, you know, like the middle of April or something. <laughs> and, 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 and the first thing that came to my mind on, when I read that 
was um, was this sort of this sort of East Coast centric uh, view of, of of the winter and 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 how the winter's supposed to function. Does everybody forget about what's going on in the West? Is 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 no one paying attention to the fact of what's going on in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> in California, in in the Nevada, in Utah, uh, in uh, Montana, in Idaho, or do these places not count? Okay, I, I I'm curious as to you know when the West has the kind of winter it's been having, and granted, it did get a bit of a late start. But it, you know, once it got underway, you know, once once we got in, into the heart of the month of December, you know, that western trough has been working overtime, <coughs> with uh, you know three-digit snow amounts of, of falling in in some uh, in places in the Sierra Nevadas. But really, is it does do people forget that there are other parts of the northern hemisphere? <laughs> I mean, is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? I guess so. Look, look at look at some of those ye in recent winters where, if you uh, if you looked at global temperature patterns, the whole globe was above normal except for eastern North America, and we were getting we were getting buried in snow. It's like if you're in the eastern U.S., you think, "What the heck? What is this global warming nonsense? We're cold and snowy all the time." But it's it it's uh, it's like you say, uh, egocentric, provincial, whatever you want to call it. We're just looking at our own backyard when it's not taking the whole world. Yeah, you're, you're looking. People, people only have the you know apparently only have the ability to look out their own <laughs> windows and and in their own you know little circle, their little sphere of influence. <laughs> but uh, there's a whole world out there of weather going on, and it's it's not just it's not just centered in the I-95 corridor. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, repeat what I'm gonna repeat what uh, Adam Lowe just pointed out on the chat board. He says, "What's happened to all the meteorologists who said that California was gonna be warm and dry, and now some places have already had the snowiest December on record." Now we're only one third. We're only just about one third of the way through meteorological winter, and I agree with Adam. I mean, a lot of places out there, Seattle, for goodness sake, has more snow on the ground than than uh, New York City. To this point in time, these are places that were projected, according to the NOAA uh, winter forecast, to see the drought continue unabated, that had very little hope of seeing anything change in that direction. And look what has happened now in the first month of, of uh, winter, meteorological winter. And one has to wonder if this is going to carry over now into January. And uh, this, this, is, this is something that they desperately needed and are getting. And meanwhile, here in the East, it, uh, you know, a lot of folks remember about, about a month or so or six weeks ago, a lot of people were talking about this looks like a front-loaded winter for the Northeast. <laughs> and whatever happened to that concept or idea? Well, they so, didn't say front-loaded for what, though? That <laughs> <It> looked like <laughs> warm. <laughs> well, I think they were alluding to cold and snow or, you know, it, it has not happened. So, so far, this first month of winter has been anything but in terms of most long range predictions, because a lot of a lot of these forecasts have already, I could just imagine living in parts of California. What are they talking about? They said it was gonna be dry and mild through this winter and, and look what has happened to them. This is crazy, crazy. By the way, Joe, the climatology, because I, I think the, I think the coldest, coldest month of the year, typically in some parts of the Western US is December. 
It's almost like climatology. Miss, uh, Miss, uh, Ms. Spelanerite, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, wants Joe to show the storm system on Saturday for the Central Plains because she's oh, located yes. in Kansas City. That's right. Hold on one second. <clears throat> I shall get to that forthwith. Um, but uh, Timothy uh, Veltman sent me uh, a, a, a copy of the uh, numbers that he was looking at with regards to these the super negative PNA winters. Uh, so uh, the uh, uh, seasonal average in New York City is 29.8. Albany is 59.2. And Dulles, Seattle, Dulles here at 21 even. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so you have the winter... <coughs> Excuse me again. The winter of 7172 uh, in New York was slightly below. In Albany, it was 30 inches above normal. Uh, 7273, uh, which was the least snowiest uh, in New York's history, 2.8. And Albany had 70.9. So, another, uh, the high PNAs, the, the negative PNAs definitely helping the upstaters uh, more than the downstaters. Uh, 4849 comes in at four, for New York City at 466. Uh, for Albany, it comes in at 442. So that was one of the above normal years. Um, 6162 was below. 1213 was about three inches below. 2001, 2002, three and a half inches for the whole winter that year. 30.2 inches in 1617. Uh, 56, 57, 21.9. Uh, and <coughs> 78, 79, uh, which was exactly normal, 29.4. And in that particular winter, by the way, the trough also set up in the west, and it really didn't shift eastward until the very end of January. And then for the first three weeks of February, which, Joe, you and I have talked about this, uh, was, um, you know, about as brutal cold a stretch that we've see ever seen that you and I oh. have experienced uh, in, in, in the Northeast. I mean, there have been brutal stretches that have been worse, but we weren't alive in 1917 or whenever that was. Um, right. The dullest snowfalls are kind of interesting because in 78, 79, uh, and this is probably due to the President's Day storm, uh, 40.6 inches versus New York City's 29.4. And the other years... Uh, for Dulles, which runs at about 21 inches of seasonal average, um, just about all of them, except for that one year in 78, 79, were uh, below below average. And yeah, we weren't uh, we weren't around in 70. Although I will tell you, Joe, I think in February of 1979, it was pretty darn cold. Um, yeah. Uh, that was that was a that was a cold. Well, that was February. that was that was 78, 79. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you were also alluding to, you know, the winter of 17, weren't you? Or Oh, no. What I said was that 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 the, the winter of 78, 79 uh, was uh, probably that that stretch uh, in, in late January in through the first three weeks of the month of February was as bad a brutal stretch of, of cold weather as we and I have experienced in the winters because we weren't alive in 1917 you, yes. you're forgetting yeah. that very important yeah. part that you and i we're not, we're not <laughs> right. we weren't living at the time right right we we were not we were we were we were not even a 
We were not even even a gleam in our father's eye back then. No. In fact, our fathers probably, and in fact, our fathers weren't even a gleam in their father's eye. That's correct. In fact, there was there was no gleam. Okay. There yeah. was there was no gleam. It was all arranged at the time in those days. All right. So uh, back to Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, let me bring, I'll bring up the South Central, trying to get the best view so we could take a look at this. So let's go to the radar. And uh, we're, we're in the gate here. Okay. So it's probably good better if I use the map with the thicknesses. So we'll put the uh, map with the thicknesses up. And uh, I think we got we it was that conversation uh, I uh, on on Patreon, and we were talking about this. Is sometimes you know you, uh, a lot of times because the cold air is dense, it tends to push further south than what models indicate. And I think that's what you're seeing here, at least from the standpoint of the GFS, certainly. Uh, where you've got you know surface slowdown in southeastern Colorado, but suddenly you've got the cold high to the north, or at least the southern edge of the cold high in the north, just sort of the weight of that cold air just pushing all the way south. So the uh, colder air makes it uh, to the northern part of Kansas, and enough of it makes it so that you actually wind up with a uh, rather significant snow and ice uh, situation for Saturday into Saturday night. Uh, GFS actually has a fairly significant event. Uh, meanwhile, we can go back because I, by the way, have the 18Z European courtesy of Pivotal Weather, believe it or not. Um, that's because I went ahead and got a, a yearly subscription from them so we could have this on our you know, show every once in a while. Again, this is from Pivotal Weather. And I just want to take a look and see what's the situation with the the, the, the European. Uh, the European has a, a similar idea. Uh, again, a stronger push uh, from the standpoint of the high to the north uh, in Montana and the colder air driving down. This is uh, Saturday. Actually, it's a little faster because this is Saturday morning. It's a little bit faster, but you can see in northwestern Kansas, northwestern, northeastern Kansas, northwestern Missouri, you've got the uh, ice and rain there uh, and the uh, lighter blue that is showing up. And, of course, it, the last frame tonight is exactly at 90 hours, which is at uh, uh, shortly before uh, 7 a.m. on Saturday. So, uh, the uh, shorter version in the in-between runs, but it's always good to see. And, and of course, you also see, you know, we, we've got our low, the, the next low here in southern southern Illinois. Rain's getting pretty close. Um, I was, you know, looking at the looking at the old run of the European here. I just kind of thought that this made a little more sense with respect to the outcome uh, for the weekend. And we'll let the map continue to, you know, let this map load up a little bit here. Uh, and let's run it through, and here we go. So there's your low, comes out of, uh, map is loading, come on, there we go. Uh, here's your rain, uh, this is uh, by Saturday morning, it's got rain, 
uh, into southern New England. The lows in central Missouri, snow in Iowa, still back over into Kansas and weakening. Low moves into northern Indiana, heads up into western New York and then into Maine. You can see the lagging, the southern lagging trough there producing showers and thunderstorms from western Virginia all the way down to southeast Louisiana. And that moves out to the east with the severe weather even on Sunday moving through the Carolinas and then offshore and a little bit of hanging snow down the Appalachians. <clears throat> and that's just about it. So the European says rain comes in, goes out, turns cold and dry, kiss it goodbye. And there you go, Bill. <laughs> that's the answer. One. <laughs> Nobody even longer, not too, not too hopefully. I think even the next storm is, is way to our west. <laughs> we're warm. Rain. Yeah. Uh, you know, th this is one of those situations where you got to have the northern part of the jet stream come in and kind of squash stuff. But <clears throat> if it squashes too much, then it gets all suppressed and never gets close. And if it doesn't squash enough, then it, 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 uh, warm air comes up from the south and the cold air is forced to retreat northward and you warm up in rain. And what good is that? Yeah, and I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about just the day before New Year's Eve in 2000, where we had a big, big snowstorm. It was on a Saturday morning here in the tri-state area. And I'm remembering what the map looked like <clears> and, <throat> and how, how different everything has flipped uh, between then and what we're looking at now for, you know, right around New Year's Eve this year, it's uh, it uh, it's not fun if you're if you're a winter enthusiast or a snow lover or snow weenie. This is not going to be your time for uh, the coming days ahead. <clears throat> we can only hope, if you are into that kind of weather, that things will flip by later January and on into February, because uh, and I'm 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 almost like repeating myself. I remember saying these very words two years ago as we were coming to the end of uh, 2019 and saying, well, things will get better when we get into 2020. And again, we did finally get some snow. We had to wait until the 9th of May to see it, but it finally did snow. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we forget that last winter, you know, we had three cold weeks in just in December that produced a fair amount of snow and an above normal snow month for December. And then the very, you know, the end of December, certainly from Christmas Eve on, and through much of the month of January, nothing really of consequence happened. And then we went back, the pattern we had in December came back at the end of January and for the first three weeks of February. And then after that, the winter just ended. It just ended. We didn't have anything for the rest of February, and March was, you know, a non-event. A non, a non uh, so uh, I, maybe the best thing that we can hope for is that we get we get one of those windows that opens up um, once or twice down the road because it sure as hell ain't going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And there you go. I'm still waiting. I've said this before. I'm still waiting for the the blizzard to hit on New Year's Eve night and to see how many people. You know, what I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, one to two inches per hour, 30 and 40 mile per hour winds, frigidly cold temperatures, 
We've seen that happen <clears throat> on, on, on Christmas. We've seen that happen on other holidays. We've never seen that happen, at least in our lifetimes, on New Year's Eve. And I've often wondered how many people would come out to Times Square if we had that kind of weather set up um, on New Year's Eve evening. Every year I say to myself, maybe this will be the year. And every year it's the same thing. I've, 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 I can remember a lot more record or near record high temperatures on New Year's Eve. Although, what was it, about three, four years ago, we, we came close to uh, setting the all-time record for cold on uh, I'm waiting on New Year's for, Eve I'm, for the ball drop. I'm waiting for Burl Ives to uh, <laughs> waddle his way um, across the screen on either Christmas Eve or, or New Year's Eve, <clears throat> holding the latest Nafax chart and handing it to Santa and Santa and, and, and one of the elves or one of the elves and Santa saying, here's the latest weather report, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. The storm won't subside tonight. It says so, according to Tom Grant. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by the way, Bill, I want you to know that uh, the last um, uh, recently, recently, uh, I made the mistake of reconnecting with someone, and uh, I said, uh -huh. <laughs> "We don't need to say who it was," um, but I will just say that. Uh, this time around, I set a record uh, because uh, he was uh, he was he was blocked and gone within within less than twenty four hours. Yeah, no weather to talk about, huh? <laughs> and we'll just and we'll just leave it at that. And uh, I, every once in a while, I sort of get like, you know, a soft heart. And I say, okay, let's try it. <clears throat> let's try it again this time. And you know, there, you know, certain things, certain things that are broken, need to stay broken. And that's, I'm going to just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, Lucy <clears throat> needs to kick the football instead every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, I know Joe, you're 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 not privy to this. I I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to drag you into this part of the conversation. So, uh, I'll, I'll tell you off camera who we're talking about. Um, but right. but anyway, uh, so <clears throat> here we are. It's coming up on uh, eight thirty Eastern time. I think we had a very nice show tonight. Very informative. Uh, Bill, as always, uh, you add uh, an element that is um, <laughs> always welcome on this program. Uh, you, uh, you're, you're, you're feeling better, which is good. Uh, you're on much, your... much walking, walking two, three miles a day. It's great. That's that's awesome. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I still have issues, but I actually. Went to the doctor today to the uh, internist, and apparently the new thing, by the way, is when you have to um, leave samples, they give you kits, and you have to go home and do it at home. Can't just do it right there. No, 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 no. You can't. You not only have to do it at you not only have to do it at home, but then you have to put it in containers and then 
seal it up and put it in a FedEx bag and take it to a FedEx rendezvous point or call Federal Express to come pick it up when they ship it out to a lab in New Guernsey. Oh, <laughs> New Guernsey. Huh? Yes. Right next to Gotham. Yes. Uh, the only thing I will say is that the kit does come with this rather large, what looks like a hat. Okay. It looks like a hat. And you have to, you know, instead of instead of wearing the hat, which is advisable to do only before you <laughs> use it, uh, but you actually have to sit on the hat. And you can just kind of let your imagination run, run wild after that. I can show I can show you that because I still have it. <laughs> All right, well, before we I'm getting enough things, grief over my own hat. I don't need an I don't need another one. <laughs> uh, by the way, can we get seven more likes to a hundred, please? Six, six. I was just going to say before we close things out, can we get can we get six more likes and make it a hundred? Do I have to do my patty cake? Patty cake? Patty cake? Come on! Boom! 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 I'm at nine, I'm at ninety four here, so uh, and I know we I Keith James ninety seven. Uh, Steve Lapointe also, by the way, hitting super chat tonight. Thank you, Steve. Remembering the two thousand January sixteenth, two thousand sixteen, uh, one big snowstorm, and that was twenty seven and a half inches that occurred in the middle of the month. For who? <clears throat> is that the good humor man? Is that is no, that? No, that's the. We hit the 100 mark, and now we're up to 110 likes. 111 okay. likes. Awesome. Okay. I'm a happy camper. All right. You coming back, Bill? Yeah, if you invite me. You know you don't need an invite. <laughs> you, you, know that, you know that you can just sort of... I'll drop in while I'm driving the car like you know, I did that one you, time. How well, about that? <laughs> yeah, you could do that. You know, you, know where, you, know, you know where you can... You know, it's very easy to drop a check in the mail. Just, uh, just send it along. Uh, but yeah, you're uh, anytime. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. You know that, okay? All so right. well, you know, it takes it takes a lot of time to, to get some good horse hockey going, and then uh, then I then I uh, then I call you up and say, hey, what's uh, how's the show going? <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody, have a great night. As always, thanks for being here, and uh, will you, Joe, and I will see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody, and hope you enjoyed the show. By the way. And John Charles, no, that's not the bell I used to get Renata to wait on me. And in fact, if I did do that, um, I probably have no head. <laughs> he may, he may not either, since you, Mrs. Rayo is on the board. So, yes, um, she is. Okay, nighty night. Au hey. reservoir. Good night, everybody.